I'm Helen, and I'm Liz, and we're sisters, scientists, and lifelong X-Files fans. And this is We Want to Believe. All right, so today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 2, Deep Throat. And do you maybe want to give a yeah. recap? Sure. So it opens with a SWAT team coming up on this suburban home in Idaho, and they are saying this woman's husband is believed to be armed and dangerous. He commandeered a vehicle from a military base, and then they go in and they find him undressed, covered in what looks like a rash, all over his body, rash or burns, and he's kind of cowering in the corner. And yeah. then we launch into the classic X-Files opening, which we didn't have last yeah. week, which I missed exciting. so much. It's so wonderful. It's it's longer than is popular nowadays. And yeah, honestly, yeah. honestly, nowadays I get really impatient when there's a long opening on shows and I tend to skip them. Hmm. But this is so good. But I don't know if it would seem good if I was watching it like, would it seem cheesy if I'd never seen the X-Files before with the, like, the phrases that pop up and the kind of dim lighting and still photos, like? Probably? I don't know. I feel like it probably would. Probably. But, yeah, whatever. It's awesome. It is. And, and I still get a thrill when there's that pause, that beat right before the truth is out there pops yeah. up on the screen and you're wondering, what if it says something other than the truth is out there, which it occasionally does, if you didn't know that. It's always a thrill. And now I'm excited to like watch as we're watching from the beginning to notice when that first happens. Like I don't yeah. know what the first episode is where they don't have the truth is out there. And I have no idea when that happens. Yeah, yeah same. Um, they also list in the opening credits some of the people that are guest starring. Yeah. Seth Green. Seth Green. Yeah. First of, I think, many recognizable guest stars on the X-Files. I feel like, was he in, was he in it later too? I feel like, wasn't he in another <sighs> one? Or am I thinking of someone else? I think you're thinking of someone else, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, because I feel like there's people who I sort in my head similarly as like, teenage dudes from the 90s who yeah. were on there i thought he was great though uh yeah. well, well we'll get to his his yeah. role in it but i thought he was great scully already looks way different I've yeah i thought so pilot, too which was i agree mm -hmm. um and i know they do that like between the pilot and the next episode yeah but her hair was way different i thought so too it looked yeah. poofier yeah. yeah yeah i didn't hate it no, but it was it was different. I think I assumed that Skinner would show up because, again, I thought maybe that was an addition after the pilot. Yeah. Still no Skinner assigning them a case. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's right. No, it opens then after the, the opening. It's it's Mulder and Scully are in a bar. Mulder asks Scully to meet him at a bar. Yeah, which was also kind of weird. Yeah, and I thought about that, and I think the only reason they must have done that is so that Deep Throat could approach Mulder in the bathroom, that he wouldn't have been at, you know, Mulder's office. So Right. So... They are in a bar, and Mulder walks into the bathroom at one point, and this is after they start talking about the case a little bit, and an older man walks into the bathroom behind him and locks the door, which just sounds like it's going to be a way different story. Yeah. <laughs> what happens. And uh, starts telling Mulder basically to leave it. Yeah. To leave it alone. Yeah, and he knows his name, you know. Right. Yeah. We don't find out who that is, though. It's no. Which I thought was interesting. They 
name the episode Deep Throat. Yeah. Actually, I had the same thought that they call the episode Deep Throat. You see him at the beginning and then you see him again at the end, but they don't refer to him as that. You wouldn't know why it was called that necessarily. On the other hand, I think when that was airing, episode titles were less well known. People didn't pay attention to those as much. Yeah, I mean, when you watch TV back in the 80s or 90s, people didn't really think about episode titles too much. I think that isn't how, I, I think that that's what, I, from what I recall, that's why Friends chose the episode titles that they did, the one with this, the one with that, because that's how people naturally would refer to episodes. So they thought, hey, let's title our episodes right. that way. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, you just knew when something was going to be on, mm-hmm. watched it. Yeah. It's not like they said it anywhere and because you weren't selecting through and choosing it even on like i mean once i was in college and watching this at least we had the dvd menus and we were choosing them so it was a little different there um but yeah i was actually i was talking with another roller derby player on tuesday night about this and she was saying because she's a huge fan and watches it pretty much every night to fall asleep hey there raven lunatic if you're listening and uh she was saying, yeah, I don't really know uh, the episode titles, like that she's not good at that. And so, I mean, I wonder if just depending on how you first encountered the show, maybe it's not something that you pay attention yeah. to or pick up on. Yeah. Okay. So I want to go back to the guy shaking in a corner covered with abrasions or yeah. a rash of some sort. Absolutely. Let's uh, go back. And that's the cold open. That's before we meet Mulder and Scully in this episode. And so I don't know if we want to talk about what I think could be causing those burns and abrasions now, or once we get into what could be going on with that guy. I mean, let's talk, we may as well talk about it now because they don't explain it exactly. Yeah. Right. And I, I'll tell you my first instinct when I saw that was to think of radiation burns. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because I know that pilots in general are exposed to much greater than normal Mm -hmm. amounts of radiation and Mm -hmm. higher incidence of things like melanoma in Pilots, you're nodding. I'm nodding and smiling because a dear friend of mine used to resist vacationing with me because he said, no, no, it will, you know, if we fly too much, it'll increase our risks of melanoma. And I thought that is clearly an excuse because you just don't want to go on vacations. Um, (laughs) That's not how it works. Yeah. I think the average person's vacations are not enough to add up to that. But in the case of these, um, so this, this Colonel Budahas, uh, the guy who's covered in those burns, he is a test pilot. So that would make sense. He's up there all the time doing weird stuff. Right. And if there's some sort of weird, as we'll get into technology or aircraft or something that he's in, and also, I'm vaguely remembering stuff about radiation coming later. I want to say yeah. three and four. Yeah, I have the same vague, vague memory. Right. So that sent me down. I was looking up, seeing if I could find more information about pilots and radiation. And they kept talking about cosmic radiation, which mm, is mm-hmm. I wanted to talk to you about because Great. I don't know what that means. Oh, I sure. It's from space. Yeah, well, like from the sun, right? So radiation is just a fancy word for you could say light. Okay. And, but remember light is not necessarily visible light, right? Electromagnetic radiation, that's light. It can be microwave. It can be radio wave. It can be gamma ray, right? And it just depends on the wavelength or the frequency of it. it can be visible. It can be infrared and plenty of those 
would cause burns, right? So the higher you get, if we didn't have an atmosphere, we would have more issues with that because the rays coming in from the sun would not be reflected. Yeah, we're shielded by by our atmosphere from a lot of that radiation to a degree. I mean, more than we would be otherwise. And so the higher you are up, the the atmosphere is thinner. And so you're not shielded in the same manner from the radiation from the sun. So this is a possibly stupid question, but all things being equal. So I know Venus being on Venus would kill you. I mean, sure. In all sorts of ways. Yeah. Right. But assuming we were just on Venus, but it was like earth, but we were just that much closer to the sun. Mm -hmm. Would we have higher amounts of radiation well, so you, yes, but well, yeah, the thing is Venus has a really thick atmosphere. Oh, and okay. so it's, if I can quote from NASA's website, Venus has a thick toxic atmosphere filled with carbon dioxide oh. and it's perpetually shrouded in thick yellowish crowd, clouds of sulfuric acid that trap heat causing a runaway, runaway greenhouse effect. It would be a very bad place to live, but not for that particular reason, right. the radiation. Yeah. But like, let's say we just moved Earth to where <sighs> sure. history was. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. The closer you get, the more you're going to get it. And the same way that like, um, that's the problem with the, the podcast medium is what I really want when I talk about physics is a whiteboard. Uh, and uh, yeah, it you're basically the closer you get, mm-hmm. if you can imagine like a cross section of a sphere of radiation around the sun, if you're closer to it, it has not spread out as much. Okay. Right. If you can imagine like rays coming off the sun, the further you are away, the more those rays are spread out. Right. Mm -hmm. The wavy lines that I draw when I draw suns. Absolutely. Those wavy lines. (laughs) I'll have to be more specific drawing them now, now that I know. (laughs) Okay. So cosmic radiation basically just means coming from the sun. There's no sort of weird radio... No, no. I mean, it, I would say, like, technically, anything that's glowing in space would be cosmic radiation. But no, they're talking about the sun. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Also, then, the reason Mulder gets interested in this is because he then disappears, which right. I was not totally clear on the transition from in the house, cowering, covered in burns, to gone. So I think what happened was they then took him to a military hospital. Yes, there we go. They wouldn't give him back. That's he wasn't exactly disappeared in that they didn't know where he was. It's that they wouldn't release him or let him have any contact with his wife. Got it. Okay. There we go. When they're in the bar is talking to Scully about how since 1963, six pilots have been missing from Ellen's air base flying experimental aircraft. And Ellen's air base is the fictional Mm-hmm. Air base in southwestern yeah. Idaho, which I did look up because so did I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what all the air bases yeah. are. <laughs> they have an air base in Idaho. Sure. Mountain Mountain Home Air Base. Oh, really? Not far from Boise. Not oh. known for experimental aircraft or anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Seems pretty normal. I enjoyed and wrote in my notes that during this discussion in the bar scully gives a very long suffering sigh yes we see a lot of yes like the classic scully exasperated sigh yeah (laughs) so then deep throat confronts Mulder. later him and scully are on the phone and he thinks his phone is being tapped and so they end up flying out to idaho to talk to mrs budahas 
and she starts telling them about how two years even before this episode and this disappearance, he started developing a rash. His personality was unpredictable. She says how he sprinkled fish food flakes all over his food at one point, mm. and he was increasingly angry and would have episodes that kind of seemed like seizures. And then this part, so then they, they talk to her, they go to see another woman whose husband had been adversely affected by whatever they were doing, another test pilot. She's really pissed off that Mrs. Budahas right. brought them to talk, which I didn't entirely get. So I have, I have a theory about that based on what happens at the end of the episode. So at the end of the episode, spoiler alert seems like a weird thing to say for a number of reasons but um from 1993 (laughs) for a show from 1993 that we're about to talk about the ending of in like a few minutes but at the end colonel budahas has been returned but he's not acting normal he's not acting like himself and so initially his wife is very concerned and is asking Mulder and scully for help and saying that's not my husband but then when they see her for the last time she's like won't let him in and she's like everything's fine nope no concerns later you know and and Mulder says they got to her um they threatened her and so my guess is that that other woman who's mad at uh, Mrs. Budahas for bringing them over had also been threatened maybe in the same way and was like hey I know I'm not supposed to share about this so why are you why are you doing that but I mean that's just my interpretation I'm not sure so then they leave that other woman's house and kind of talk about how Val talked to Mrs. Budahas again. Scully mentions that the man they just saw might have stereoptopy. Yeah. And so I did a little digging into that. So the guy, as we see him, the other affected pilot who's not Colonel Budahas, he's plucking out his hair and kind of making little... Um, like fly fishing lures? Yeah. And so stereoptopy is like a repetitive behavior that people can sometimes have under stress. Yeah. Were you going to say something? I I looked it up too. And yeah, I wrote persistent repetitive behavior with no obvious purpose. Mm -hmm. It's seen uh, in some people with autism spectrum disorders. It's also seen with like stressed out zoo animals, which really depressed me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I felt like, okay, that's what he's doing. But I didn't personally get much out of that. Okay, if that's what that guy is yeah. doing, what do, I, what do I do with that information? It didn't seem like, that's just describing the behavior. It didn't tell me what would be causing it at all. Right. Well, so then though, Scully mentions that it's been seen in POWs. Mm. Um, oh. So I did some digging. This brings me to my first source. Ooh. And so I wanted to see if it, had been seen in POWs and under what sort of situations. Mm-hmm. And I found a few more recent references from like the 2010s that ultimately didn't tell me much. And I am not going to bring up those because that was later. But there was one big study that I would think Scully was probably referencing from 1967. Oh. And it's called Long-Term Effects of a Prolonged Stress Experience. It's by... Kral at Al, and it's from a Canadian psychiatric journal. And they looked at World War II POWs. Um, and again, this was in 67. So this is about 20 years mm-hmm. post-World War II. And it looked at, I thought this was really 
interesting methodology. They looked at POWs who had brothers who are also in World War II, but were not old POWs. That does seem well-designed, doesn't it? So they were looking at a comparison in symptoms between these two groups, and they found a significant difference between the POWs and their brothers, who, again, were also in the war, but not POWs, increased in tension, anxiety, depression, memory impairment, some other things like ataxia, cranial nerve involvement, reflex changes. And so this was this was all kind of interesting in kind of a passive way. What I did find interesting, though, and this is why I'm bothering to bring it up, is that they did measure stereoptopy, hmm. and there was no significant difference in that. Oh, oh okay. So, so that's all. <laughs> so not true yeah interesting that's great that's great that you looked at that okay come on scully (laughs) so anyway moving on they go to the flying saucer bar yes they go to the flying saucer bar and they talk to a server in the restaurant about where to see ufos and she just seemed delightful by the way for some reason i was like i would love to have her as my server she just seems so nice and helpful anyway also if i were her i'd be like kind of annoyed at having Scully as a customer. <laughs> yeah. And so she gives them a map. They point out that the airbase is not on Scully's government map. Right. Um, which presumably I like to think is, oh, well, then maybe Ellen's Air Force Base does exist. Yeah, absolutely. We don't know. There could be Air Force bases all over. You know, there could be one, one next door. Exactly. Yeah. And the bartender waitress, she gives them a map to the base and they follow it when they're waiting in the car. And, and it's great, by the way, just to see them paper maps. It's like, Oh, right. That, that Scully's map that she has her official government map is giant and paper. I loved that. Yeah. They also look through a phone book at one point. Yeah. So after they talk to Mrs. Budahas, they then go talk to another Colonel. Right. Who basically tells them to leave it alone. I don't actually Nope. I don't really know what the point of him was. And I do also want to mention at some point in there, a journalist talks to them yeah. and is right. just like, doesn't do much, but you see him. He's dressed in a very journalist way, I thought, with jeans and a blazer. And uh, and glasses. gave off a, glasses. Yeah, he gave off a journalist in a movie vibe. And they just kind of, they, you just see him briefly and he'll come up again. Yeah. But yeah, they found that other colonel's address in the phone book right like it seems so wild to me that like we just could look up people's addresses i mean like i guess you can now too but it seems it seems somehow much harder yeah you a book full of yeah yeah (laughs) yeah the white pages seems so bizarre yellow pages seems reasonable because you do need to get a hold of businesses white pages does seem very weird yes yeah yeah that was a thing that we did. It is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Mulder also mentions the Aurora project. Oh yeah. And that was, I don't know if you looked this up as well. I did not. Oh, okay. I, f- I felt like I had heard the term before, probably from the X-Files. And it was just basically, it doesn't seem that, what's the word? Like controversial that the government is basically experimenting with different space and air technology oh yeah that seems like well of course they would be 
Why wouldn't they? Yeah. yeah. The Aurora project itself, I think, was more focused on if there was this specific type of aircraft and there was something where the military budget or some sort of budget for a certain year was a little off and it referenced Aurora or something like that. And so people were conjecturing. Okay. So they follow the woman's map. They're waiting in the car. And Mulder wakes up Scully. She fell asleep at some point. And it says it's 9.30 p.m., which I want to point out. And they see two lights moving strangely in the sky. I was like, I am still into this. Those lights, I was on board. I'm like, this is creepy and cool. I still think this is cool, you know? So many years later, 30 years later, it was like, they're moving around. Yeah, it's like 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. deeply unsettling that's yeah. the that's the x-file how did 30 <laughs> yeah. years pass but i really liked uh i really liked how they were moving i was yeah. like captivated this is yeah. good yeah. i am on board <laughs> yeah because yeah, they move it's almost like they're like it reminded me of like two fireflies right playing like, <laughs> yeah. like my dogs do yeah. but also giant in the sky <laughs> right they're they're very clearly not moving in like a normal pattern for something flying in the sky right yeah yeah and then as they're watching two teenagers come out from the fence of the air force base and start running around the same time that a helicopter starts flying towards them so they go up to the teenagers one of whom is seth green and at first the teenagers are like worried that Mulder and scully are you know gonna get them in trouble and instead they all four start running from this helicopter yeah and is there any other details they end up at a diner so the teenagers can like eat but i think i'm missing something in there well so basically they're running from the helicopter and Mulder's like okay you're coming with us and they all get in the car together and drive away so this is why i pointed out the fact that it had been 9 30 when they saw those lights Mm-hmm. Suddenly it says they're at the diner and it's 5 a.m. Oh. What were they doing for so many hours? I mean, are we meant to think they watched those lights for like seven hours? Or can't have because that the showing... diner was two hours away? Like I'm not <laughs> sure where did that time go? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's again, that's the real x-file here yeah yeah time time is the real (laughs) x-file no because they were watching the lights and then like immediately they saw the helicopter coming yeah the air force base wasn't supposed to be that far away from the town in general and so suddenly it's just 5 a.m the weird thing is that there is no reason not to just make it a different time so that show the time at all or not show the time Yeah. yeah Yeah, like, why couldn't it have been 11? Yeah. Are we supposed to think, like, that's how hungry and stoned the kids were? Was that they've been eating this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, they, the kids tell them how they've been going there and watching these light shows. And they, they also reference another place where they say, like, oh, that's where you can really see some stuff at Yellow Base. And they say that they, they go at night and... Uh, then they Mulder shows Seth Green's character this uh, the photo of this triangular UFO that the waitress at the bar had shown them that he took with him, and this was my favorite line: is 
Mulder says, holding up the picture, do they look something like that? And Seth Green says, no, they look exactly like that. And it was awesome. Um, And then, you know, they're getting in the car and Scully is like skeptical and is like, do you believe them? Like, they're so stoned. You would, he, if you showed him a picture of a hamburger, he would have said they looked like that. And I did wonder, are we meant to think Mulder totally believes them? Is he like, how critical? Yeah. Is he of their source? I don't know. Right. I don't know either. Also, we see that reporter watching them from the window. Yes. Yes. And he's talking, I believe he's talking to someone. Yeah. um, Walkie talkie or something. Mm -hmm. And at one point, Scully says, just because I can't explain it doesn't mean it's UFOs. And I feel like that summarizes everything I want to say, you know? (laughs) But then Mulder says, unidentified flying object. That makes it a UFO. Yeah. True. Yes. So then we see it's morning again. We're still that day. If it's 5 a.m., I don't know. And Scully is talking on a payphone, which right. like, God, a they get cell phones pretty quickly because I remember them having these enormous yeah. cell phones. But I guess at this point they don't even have those. Yeah. Um, and she was on the phone with Mrs. Budahas, and they get the message that Colonel Budahas was returned back to her last night. Yeah. And I have some questions about this scene. So she's panicking. Mrs. Budahas is panicking. She's saying, this is not my husband. Mm -hmm. So they go over there and he's kind of sitting there calmly. And Mulder asks his birthday, which by the way is November 21st. 21st. Yes. In 1948, Zach's birthday is 1984. I also thought was suspicious. And uh, on all of this, this is going to turn into a true crime podcast. Yes. Once we realize that Zach is behind all of this. Of course, Zach is also our sound engineer, editor, and everything, so he can just edit all of this out, and the public will never know. Yeah. Though, yeah. If you're hearing this, Zach is innocent. Probably not. Probably not. The secret alien slash government operative. Leaping Hound Travel has you covered for all of your travel-related needs. Specializing in quirky European tours, they can either help you plan your next getaway or can take you along on one of their fantastic group packages. I had always thought getting a travel agent meant that either you were spending more money or you were paying for something that you could do yourself. After using Leaping Hound to book mine and my wife's 10-year anniversary trip to Paris, though, I'm never going back. Plus, Leaping Hound is owned and operated by husband and wife team Adam Stanley and We Want to Believe's own Liz Holden. It's so much easier to just call Leaping Hound and tell them what I'm looking for than having to check 10 different websites trying to find the best price. Leaping Hound is offering listeners of We Want to Believe $150 off one of their group tours, including a vampire-themed tour of London and Paris in 2023. Just enter the promo code BELIEVE at checkout. That's B-E-L-I-E-V-E at checkout for $150 off a group tour when you go to leapinghoundtravel.com. Anyhow, I noticed also Colonel Budahas is a Packers fan, which was a random nice thing living in Wisconsin. What I was not totally clear on, given, as you mentioned, that he'd had some episodes where he was really aggressive and really strange um, a couple years before, why is his wife so sure it's not him? And why is she so afraid? Because when Mulder asks him this question about can the human body, like, sustain it eight g's 
and and he doesn't know he sort of freaks out like why am i missing that memory and i just feel like if i were his wife i feel like i'd be like oh honey you've been through so much what did they do to your memory but she still seems very afraid of him um and that seemed odd to me he moves he gets up and kind of moves towards her and she like backs behind scully like she's afraid of him yeah and I don't know. I mean, she mentioned that he had been having episodes of anger too. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that was part of it. But yeah, that's a good point. Why does she think it's not her husband? Unless she's speaking in more of a general, we're taking it that way. But she means like, this is not the man I married. Something has happened. Yeah, I'm not totally sure. I did want to point out that when they first get there, they shake hands with her. And I just found that very weird. Like there's some part of me post and current pandemic that was like oh whoa yeah oh we're just we're just touching strangers with our the in our hands and we put our hands near our faces why not sure yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. We <laughs> why not watching... just put her hand directly in your mouth yeah. <laughs> we were watching the uh live action beauty and the beast mm-hmm. and very innocently hugo my four-year-old goes why aren't they wearing masks <gasps> oh my god yeah Oh, that's so weird. I don't know. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh. And then it, then it turned into a whole thing. Cause then we were trying to explain like, well, this was before the pandemic, but then it's like, well, this was also, first of all, it's fiction. And also it's supposed to be like 1700s. So yeah. Way before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but wow. Yeah. It's weird though. Um, so Mulder and Scully get, uh, they drive off, they get, uh, pulled over by dudes in suits and sunglasses. I want to talk first. Oh, sorry, yeah. As they are walking to the car, Scully says something about how you can't just erase certain parts of a person's memory. Right. And so I looked into that. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, I would say you can, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So there are certain ways of doing that, and most of them are coming from more recent Mm-hmm. sources i don't know if you remember a few years ago people started talking about how they were developing i want to say developing technology that sounds too x y l c looking into ways of removing like memories associated with ptsd yeah and other sorts of traumas or like addiction memories and yeah people were comparing it to that movie i can't oh eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yes yeah, yeah. i actually never saw it because i hate oh memory. Oh, no, it's really good. It's not like The Mask or something. It's really good. Everyone write in Everyone write in and tell Helen to watch Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Isn't it super long? I don't know. It's movie length. I don't know. It's, it's pacey. It keeps it moving. It? Yeah. And I think it's like it does a really good job of like examining like Kate Winslet's character is this like, you know, manic pixie dream girl like type, but then it's like, she's like, no, I'm a real person and I'm messed up and you can't just, you know, think I'm just going to be like magical and fix your sad life. And it's kind of tragic, but also kind of hopeful. And I think it's great. But anyway, oh yeah, it's so good. I mean, I haven't seen it in years because it's a little bit, you know, intense. But it's quite good. It's very good. I, like, I don't ever want to, I don't know. Like, I've also never seen Forrest Gump. I don't know. I don't feel like, uh, I'm not going to pitch that one as hard. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. I'm just, I'm never in the mood to watch. I mean, that's the thing. If I watch something intense, I'm going to watch The X-Files. <laughs> and I at least feel like if I'm going to watch something intense, it's got to be like a murder mystery. Like, there's got to yeah. be murder 
you know? Yeah. 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 I'm not, it can't just be a drama. Like, right. Yes. For dramatic, making me think about how hard life is. Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That I will accept. Yeah. Just Jim Carrey is not enough of a reason, okay. but I will accept that. Yes. You really noise. Yeah. Well, we'll... And I have a lot of thoughts about Jim Carrey. I like him. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Like, yeah, he seems like a really interesting guy. And um, wasn't he involved with? Wasn't he? Um, oh, Jenny McCarthy. Good yeah. God, I totally forgot about that. Is yeah. he an anti-vaxxer? Yeah. Oh shit, we're back yeah. at anti-vaxxers. Well, okay, I forgot about that. Yeah, I mean, you can still like him as an actor. I mean, yeah, I do. I mean, you know, I'm like the right age where even though I think yeah. Ace Ventura is a terrible movie, I have these warm associations uh, with it, you know, so. Yeah. So people have talked about being able to do that, mm -hmm. be able to erase certain memories. Um, and there's been some evidence that that's possible. And then, of course, like we just got into, it gets into the whole ethical thing of should you do that? Mm -hmm. Do you want to do that? So I started looking it up and I found an article titled Neuron Loss and Dysfunctionality in Hippocampus Explain Aircraft Noise-Induced Working Memory Impairment. Whoa. Resting State FMRI Study on Military Pilots. Whoa. So I was just looking up stuff. It felt very, very Scully-like where I'm like looking up something else and I'm found the perfect thing to explain this. Wow. And it's by Chang et al. And it's coming from uh, Bioscience Trends, which is a literary journal, or not a literary journal, a scientific journal, mm -hmm. even though it sounds like a magazine or something. <laughs> and so they were looking at memory loss and neurological issues in the hippocampus because of how loud it is in... The idea, the idea that how loud it is could cause memory loss? Yeah. Yeah. And oh my so, God. Right. So they looked at a number of fighter jet pilots um, and in their 30s. And they went through some mental and cognition tests and also looked at their brains under MRI. And they found significant differences between those who were exposed to increased noise than those who were not. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it's all just the flying that's getting this guy down. I mean, yeah. I mean, probably not as we see in a few scenes with what they start doing to Mulder. But that is a really interesting relationship. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know. So maybe he's just... It's yeah. To too much UV radiation and noise, and it's messing yeah. with his brain. Yeah. That seems pretty reasonable to me. Yeah. In sort of an acute way, and it also doesn't explain why he was gone for four months, but okay. Why the military yeah. would want to hide. Yeah. Is, of course. Yeah. Um, so, so they get their stuff taken yeah. by some dudes with sunglasses. They, have, they pull over, the guys are kind of roughing them up. They take their stuff. They take that picture of the triangular-shaped UFO. Right. Um, their film right right yeah. yeah my gosh yeah I thought it was odd that it was so crucial to these creepy guys to you know from the from the air force base or whatever to take that that 
photo with the triangle UFO, given that the woman's had it hanging in her bar called the flying saucer for ages, presumably. Like she said it was a print. She said something about selling prints. Right. Like Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they were just feeling vindictive. Yeah. They're like, well, while we're here, we'll take this. Yeah. Um and it's around then that Mulder decides he he talks to Seth Green and his girlfriend again and finds out where this yellow base is. And it's daytime and he's going to just hike in. He's going to go under the fence and they're like, oh, but it's like 10 miles. That's too far. And Mulder heads in. And I just want to know, good God, what was your actual plan here? Right? I just feel for Scully so hard. I mean, uh-huh. that was your partner. I, I would be like, I mean, we cannot keep going this way. That, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would just, I would lose my mind. Yeah. yeah. So 10 miles, let's say he's walking at three miles an hour. We're talking, you know, if he walks walking more four miles an hour, but I don't know. He's tromping over grass and everything. And I mean, like, is he going to pause at all? I think, I think three miles an hour over that terrain is a reasonable estimate. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking over three hour walk, which seems not insignificant to me. Yeah. And what's he going to do when he gets there? He gets there. He's on the tarmac mm-hmm. and a UFO. It's now nighttime. A UFO kind of shines on him. Mm-hmm. And then he's taken away. Not by the UFO. An ambulance and some sort of other car starts chasing him. And he starts running, which also I was like, Mulder. Yeah. Yeah. You're not Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they take him. They throw him on a gurney. And put him in the back of the ambulance. Yeah. I and... was not happy about that injection. That really freaked uh, me out. Really? Mm-hmm. Scully's trying to find him. Another nice uh, 1990s technology thing. She's like, I can't get a long distance line. So she can't get through to anyone. Mulder is all foggy he's going through this building he can see what looks like ufos being like worked on kind of behind uh, these barriers and they're gonna do something bad to him they're putting a you know he's on an operating table it looks like and they're putting a thing on his face to knock him out oxygen mask that was around the same time though when they were giving him the injection like because he was fighting them hard when they were trying to give him the injection. So I took that to be some sort of gas just to get him to calm down enough that they could give it to him. I know that they they gave him the gas on his face again after he'd already been wheeled through all out of it. Oh, okay. So my take was like, we're gonna make sure you're super out before we go for your eyeball with this thing, which is <laughs> what- show they, that. No, but they no. show his eyeball and they show the thing, yeah. which had very uh, fire in the sky vibes, which- did you ever see fire in the sky? So no. you would have been too young when it came out, but it was when I was in fifth grade, it was the talk of fifth grade because it was a special on TV. And it was one of those ostensible true based on a true story, but not really things. And all the, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't look into fire in the sky, but I remember it. I didn't watch it at the time because I don't know if I would have been allowed and I knew it would have been too scary for me, but it's about um, these people who say they've been abducted by aliens and it's mostly not too scary until the very end when it's showing what it was like when they were abducted by the aliens and getting stuff put in their eyeballs and stuff. Yeah. I watched it later when I was like a teenager or something. And 
it was again not nearly as scary as I thought it would be until the end and then I was like well this is quite unsettling but yeah it, it reminded me of that and that also would have been probably Fire in the Sky probably came out about a year or so before this ep- episode would have aired maybe two years before so it all has a very lobotomy like <sighs> also feel. lobotomy yes yeah. good call yeah so then we see so Scully is trying to get a hold of him of Mulder or or the field office yeah he's trying to get a hold of someone and we see that reporter again right and they showed that scully had left her gun in the hotel room and the door was open and we see her talking to him and she kind of feels in her back waistband and it's clear she's checking for her gun and it's not Mm -hmm. there and she ends up jumping in the reporter's car and locking him out and taking his gun. And of course, the reason she's suspicious of him to begin with is that she's coming back from trying to get that long distance line and he is inside her hotel room. Right. right. That he's yeah. like, oh, the door was open. Yeah, that's normal. Yeah. And yeah, so she jumps in his car, locks the door. I thought it was so smart and yeah. like yeah. quick and goes to get his gun and also sees he's got a walkie talkie there and there's someone there saying stuff to him and it's doesn't seem like a journalist and they also show his badge that says airport security or something like that which again yeah yeah so she pulls the gun on him gets him at gunpoint and says fix this basically get get Mulder out of there and they pull up to the air force base and they bring Mulder out and he is super out of it yeah and doesn't remember anything yeah and And so clearly whatever procedure they were doing on him they got to finish now this is where i want to talk about what like actually could have been happening so the not reporter yeah i don't know if we learned his name he says here as they're like doing the trade-off he's getting out of the car and Mulder's coming out of the airbase he says, I just want to say that everything you've seen here is equal to the protection we give it. It's you who've behaved inappropriately. And I feel kind of like, yeah. I no, I disagree. I disagree. Because they are the ones that took him inside where he saw all of those ships and everything. Yeah, he was trespassing on their I mean, property. okay. He was trespassing, yes. Mm-hmm. But I think... It, also behaving inappropriately is strapping someone down and putting a wow. thing in their eye. I'm going to call that inappropriate. Um, I don't know that they put something in his eye, though. Well, they were aiming it at his eye. <laughs> I mean, they put yeah. some. They did something to him. I think. Something. I mean, yeah. it's not like they had a sign: "Trespassers will be strapped to a gurney and experimented on." You know, and yeah. even if they did, I don't think that would make it right. Yeah. So I feel like. Yeah, they saw stuff they weren't supposed to, but I disagree that they... I don't know that... I don't feel like we ever were shown anything that would make me... That's, that makes me that suspicious. Yeah, I guess, well, we saw something that, you know, was standing over Mulder, or, you know, flying over Mulder that sure looked like a UFO, or like a U.S. plane built with UFO technology, right, right, as right, they right. hypothesize. But do I believe that the government is building experimental aircraft? Yeah, probably. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah. Very controversial stance. Yeah. So what exactly? So that's what you said. You want to talk about what are they actually doing and hiding? Right. I don't, I mean, maybe they're using some sort of UFO technology Mm -hmm. 
but I don't feel like they're showing anything that exactly points towards aliens as much as just the government is messing around with aircraft Mm -hmm. and maybe being unethical with taking care of their pilots and letting families know. And again, I feel like, yeah. Right. Like, but I mean, maybe that's worth hiding just how crummy the government is being here. Yeah. But again, I kind of feel like, but don't we know that? I guess that's my point that, that maybe, or maybe we didn't in the nineties. Oh, I think people didn't trust the government. I mean, I think that that's what made it so appealing was this sense of like, ooh, they are up to something, you know? Yeah, so I guess I would say this is like a classic Mulder-Scully sort of split where you could interpret this in two different ways. They're hiding their technology and their abuse of their pilots, or they're hiding their ties with aliens to get this technology. And you could interpret it reasonably in either way. Right, and I... I mean, knowing where things go, I mean, yeah, pretty clear in yeah. hindsight. But I think if I were just watching this now. For the first I, time. Yeah, I wouldn't see anything that seemed that weird. Yeah, like know. anything that was, anything was, that definitively points at UFOs. Yes, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, definitely shady stuff. But I would expect some le- level of shady stuff from the military. Mm-hmm. And I don't see anything that really says alien. Yeah. Yeah, that I would agree with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Scully writes up her report on a computer with a blue screen and white text, which is awesome. <laughs> yep. They see that, you know, Mrs. Budahas, they say, oh, they got to her. You know, she's she's acting super creepy. But, I mean, she's, you know, not... Yeah, what it what it struck me as is like she has an abusive partner is the vibe I was getting there, which is really unsettling. I assumed they were going to burst in, and then I realized there's only four minutes left in the episode, and uh, they weren't. And then Mulder's out jogging, and Deep Throat, the old man from the beginning in the bar, finds him again. And I wrote down what he says to him at the end, Mister Mulder. They've been here for a long, long time. About and and that I thought was super creepy and definitely points at aliens yes so given your point that nothing else necessarily did it seems like well deep throat if you hadn't said that maybe there was a case that it wasn't but he does end up being helpful so yeah and i i don't know i found the whole episode kind of anticlimactic honestly i could see that i i do feel like I had a lot of questions about the pilot, but I think I found it a little bit more captivating. This one, I felt a little bit like, okay, and like right. you're using the word pilot to mean the first episode. Which yes. Is pilot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Right. This, I feel like I definitely fall with Scully on this one. I think that I, I would at least make a case for that. I think that the the main reason not to is what Deep Throat says to Mulder at the end, honestly. Like, yeah. yeah. Same. Yeah. And next week is Squeeze, which yes. is already giving me nightmares just thinking about it. Now, you, did you have nightmares about Squeeze back in the day? Oh, yeah. Awesome. Sorry. Um, yeah. No, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's the first, as they call the Monster of the Week episode. And, uh, Oh, I am ready for that. Yeah. I haven't been able to normally look at air vents since <laughs> 2003. So. 
We'll see if that holds true. I have a lot of things uh, to say about that. That's with uh, with Tombs, um, Eugene yes. Victor Tombs. So next week, I'm excited. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, let us know what you think, and as they say, rate, review, and subscribe, please. That and share. Us. Tell people. And share. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks. See you next week. Bye.